Hello and welcome to the Indian Dream podcast, co-hosted by Sahil and Siddharth. On this show, we highlight the journeys of successful SME entrepreneurs who've built profitable businesses and attempt to learn more about what it takes to build one. Each week, Sahil and I will interview one such entrepreneur and learn something unique from their journey. For our first episode, I spoke to my co-host Sahil. He runs an electrical components manufacturing business out of Bombay. We spoke about digital marketing for a B2B company engaged in manufacturing and exporting highly technical electrical components. He's had an interesting journey of setting up the company's digital marketing efforts over the last four years. Listen on to understand how he's leveraged digital channels like YouTube, LinkedIn to grow his business, attract talent and build a long-term credibility. Hope you enjoy the episode. We have with us Sahil Khanwala, Director at Axis Electrical Components. The company was started in 1994 primarily to cater to the export market of electrical components and has had an interesting journey to come to a point where it's the market leader in, in the kind of products that they deal with. Sahil finished his master's in econ in 2015 and joined, joined Axis full-time. He looks after change management, digital marketing and the IoT push that the company is making. Sahil, before we go further, would you like to brief our audience on what does Axis Electrical Components do? Who are your typical customers? And where are these customers located? Oh, hey, Siddharth. Uh, it's great to be here. So just a little brief on Axis. Axis is basically a manufacturer and exporter of electrical components. So when we talk about electrical components, we mean low voltage components that are used to connect, terminate, and to suspend electrical cables. So let's say, for example, you have an electrical pole in a village. So our components are used at the top of the electrical pole and they're used to either support the cable, to terminate the cable or to connect the cable so that it can continue on its journey. And we also make uh, what are called lighting protection and earthing systems. And our typical customer profile usually looks like a electrical utility or an electrical contractor. So in the case of, let's say, India, our typical customer would be, let's say, LNT, which is a very large electrical contractor where they will get the contract to build maybe a thousand kilometers of uh, low, low and medium voltage electrical distribution lines and we supply the products to them and LNT would use our products in their contracting agreement. Sahil, tell me something, when you are selling to, to these electrical utilities and contractors, who's the typical buyer in an organization like that? Who's the decision maker and who's the buyer in, in an organization like that? So in these kind of organizations, very large organizations, the typical decision makers are twofold. Firstly, we have to go past the technical hurdle where we have to make sure that our products meet the technical requirements and the certification requirements. And once that technical hurdle is met, then it goes into the to the purchase manager. So the purchase manager is more concerned about, uh, let's say, pricing or delivery schedules. What's the overall marketing strategy that Axis follows? What kind of activities do you do you undergo? So I'll start with the, the, the very first marketing activities that Axis did. And this is a story that I hear from the directors. Uh, this is the lore of Axis. Is that when they first started in 1994, uh, they sat down with a designer, they made some brochures, and then they just sat down in um, somebody's apartment and they stuffed a bunch of envelopes and then they just started mailing customers across the world, um, primarily to the Middle East and I think to Europe and the US as well. And a lot of this, a lot of money was spent on, you know, 
the mailing of these physical catalogs back in the mid 90s which must have been quite expensive since then obviously our marketing and sales activities have evolved a lot more and one of the primary marketing activities that we follow and a lot of people in our industry still follow is exhibitions for b2b industries in particular exhibitions are one of the primary ways that we meet new customers and where we have our regular touch points with existing customers uh, at the same time we have a lot of sales people who go to the middle east very often who go to africa very often who go to europe to america to australia and to all of our customers in across india we have people in all the different zones in india in different states and all of our sales people are constantly meeting our customers it's very important to have that kind of personal relationship in a b2b sales that's something i've realized that's the traditional sort of sales and marketing that happened in b2b for the last decade or so or at least you know uh, 2010s early 2010s and and early 2000 and the entire 2000s right where it was completely focused on exhibitions trade promos and you know maybe even cold calling um, in certain industries but i think something has sort of changed in the last 3 4 years where we are seeing a lot of early adopters in the b2b market figuring out how to use digital marketing or or sort of how do we build a profile digitally to attract some leads right most of the b2b manufacturers know the offline marketing game uh, of of exhibitions and all of those things they've really cracked that but the new thing out there today is the digital marketing and it, the reason why i wanted to discuss this with you is because i've gone through your website i've gone through your linkedin page i've gone through your youtube page right your youtube page has around 350000 views for the videos that you've created which is which is phenomenal given how technical the product is so i wanted to understand where did that decision come from why did you guys decide that hey this is going to be a key focus area for us and how did that really evolve over time so firstly exhibitions are immensely expensive one exhibition that is your keystone exhibition can end up costing a lot of money depending on how big your marketing budget is so digital marketing the reason the idea first came about is because obviously you're not putting all your eggs in one basket of you know that one exhibition that has to go perfectly otherwise the, the your sales for the rest of the year are affected while with digital marketing there is a constant touch point so i'll tell you where this idea first started was probably around 4 years ago where we got a customer complaint about one of our products not performing on the field and we knew that product and we knew that product should perform and there was no issues with the product because we did our usual quality checks and then we did a deeper root cause analysis and we figured out that the reason the product was not performing on the field was because we had not provided the proper training to the customer to use the product properly so then we thought okay sending somebody from bombay to the field and the field can be some very remote part of let's say uttar pradesh it can be quite expensive to get somebody there on the next flight the next day so we decided okay so if we want to solve this issue for the long run we need to have some way of easily sending that information to the customer on a regular basis so that's how we started down that journey of youtube where we had this problem and the way we decided to solve this problem is by making youtube videos and by uploading those on youtube and when we uploaded them on youtube we were very surprised because we immediately started getting a lot of views what we realized at that point is that there was an unmet need of explanations for these products or these groups of products that that our competitors competitors were not filling at that moment and because we filled that gap sort of by mistake people started crowding around us and we started getting a lot of questions 
about our products and about what we are doing i was also surprised seeing 350000 views for the kind of videos that that you'd put up because they are so technical right a product that clamps wires on an electrical pole i did not expect that to happen which is which is what got me fascinated on why did you guys do this and it's interesting that it came from a fact that there was a product complaint right and and that's the beauty of content it it takes effort and money to create upfront but it can be leveraged over the years so the cost of you know leveraging it marginal cost of of making somebody else use it is so is actually zero for you guys um now that it's on youtube anybody can come and see it and that's the beauty of content once you do it it's it's there out there forever now that we've made that content anytime that there is a complaint or if there's a question about how to use that product all we have to do is we have to send that link and there have been so many times where i've been in conversations with people at an exhibition or anywhere else and all i'll have to do is just uh, bring up my playlist and i just uh, whatsapp it to them right at that moment and immediately they have the product information on their cell phones and if they want to send it forward to some other customer or if they want to show to their technical team that okay this is how the product works is it something that we can use it's very easy for them to now share it and it i believe it has brought us a lot of benefits it might not be possible to always get a proper roi on what these benefits are i would love to do a study on what the roi has been on those projects but um, i have seen a lot of intangible benefits uh, through our interactions with customers 100% right because if you think about it it's not just solving the particular pain point at that and when when they are seeing that that issue but it's also sort of creating that trust and that brand recall every video of yours has an access logo at the very bottom of it every video of yours is is enhancing that trust in the customer's mind that these guys know what they're talking about these guys know what kind of products are they manufacturing and and the technical knowledge behind it is very strong so i think that goes a long way and as you said not everything that you're doing in digital marketing is tangible and it takes it takes some sort of effort to even manage the roi but as you said there are intangible benefits that you've already seen over the last few years i feel it goes back to impressions when you talk about brand building when you talk about building trust with your customers it goes down to how many people are seeing your product or how many people are seeing your name so now when i talk about youtube or i talk about linkedin or i talk about my website it it all comes back to the number of impressions that i'm getting when i look at my numbers on youtube i look at my numbers on any of these other platforms i see tens of thousands of impressions every month in certain platforms i maybe see hundreds of thousands of impressions every month now let's say that we are just talking about a traditional exhibition maybe my impressions over there the number of time my brand has been seen is maybe only a couple of thousand and now compare that to tens of thousands of impressions not all of them will be relevant but at least i can say that a certain percentage of that will be relevant and i am building my brand over time let's say that uh, maybe a student sees my brand right now because they're researching something for their college or they're researching something to learn more about our products now that that student then becomes a purchase manager at a company now immediately i have that brand recall because i got that impression early on another example of that could be a student who's interested in this field is looking at your products and wants to be in this field can also come to you and say that i want to work for you this could be a smart kid who can have ideas on how to enhance accesses client acquisition strategy or something so that's also the talent attraction piece is also something that that comes from putting out the content out that there. is a very good point because that is also something that we have seen we have invested a significant amount of time on linkedin over the past 6 months or so 
and we've started seeing the benefits from that recently is where we're seeing a lot more people approaching us directly on linkedin where earlier you know in the indian context you have to really chase after people to find good profiles now we are getting those profiles coming directly to us i definitely put it to our branding efforts on linkedin that has definitely given us the visibility where people are approaching us directly that this is a good brand that maybe this is somebody i want to work with and this is somebody i should apply for a job yeah i think it changes the perception of the company significantly even for a potential employee right before i go deep on that what kind of branding are you guys doing on linkedin i know i when i was researching i think your page had around 7000 followers can you take me through that journey of how did you build that kind of followership because i see a lot of b2c companies that are doing really well in india don't have that kind of followership on linkedin so you've done something there and i would love to explore what that is so around december of last year is when we really started our journey on linkedin so right now when we are talking we are talking in july of 2020 and it was in december of 2019 that we really started paying attention to linkedin and the reason that we started paying attention to linkedin at that time is because we were about to go into one of our biggest exhibitions that happens every 2 years now we were looking at that exhibition that was coming up and we were thinking okay how do we build a buzz around this exhibition we can use our existing mailing list but that is restricted to the people who already know about the brand how do we bring in more people into our brand and then we looked at linkedin and i noticed that our biggest competitor they had something like 15000 followers on linkedin at that point and i looked at them and i was like oh wow this is how they are building the buzz uh, there's something to learn from these people who are doing better than us they were really posting more than twice a day i would say at that point in december when the exhibition was in early february or late jan so we started investing in early december we started investing a lot of time into linkedin uh, we started immediately starting start seeing the results of the investment because uh december of last year i think we were around 600 followers maybe 700 and right now we are sitting at around 7000 and the reason for that is because we started posting on a daily basis about okay come to our exhibition and not just that but we also started saying that okay look at these are our team members who are going to the exhibition these are the people that you can learn from these are the products that you can learn about and this is what you can expect to see at the exhibition so wouldn't it be exciting for you to come to the exhibition and to you know have a chat with us and to learn from us and for us to learn from you and we started seeing a lot of engagement around that and then we started seeing our, our follower numbers increasing very quickly because we were posting about things that were very engaging and things that were quite interesting and then post the exhibition we started i think posting more about this is how our products work this is what you can learn about our products we started posting more about from a content marketing point of view i two three interesting things that you brought up right looking at what your competition is doing is such an important task when you go out in your digital marketing journey because that helps you understand what kind of content is being posted what kind of keywords are relevant and and your strategy can be influenced by that um, sometimes it could be just copying that strategy some of those keywords some of the some of that content from your perspective or you could figure out that there's a white space that these guys are not talking about let me go out and talk about that right for i think for example the youtube videos that you that you've created about you know specifically how to use the product is that white space that i don't think anybody else is doing which is why you see the views that you see today right and some of the content as you said was just taking what what the competition is doing and doing something similar along the similar lines would you agree with that so the keyword over here is keyword and this is something that i personally spend a lot of time looking at there's a there's a fantastic tool online it's on a guy's website called neelpatel.com you can just google neel patel uber suggest 
So Neil Patel Uber Suggest helps you look at, uh, first of all, you can analyze your competitor's website to see what kind of keywords that they're using. And secondly, you can, you can just search for keywords and you can see how much your competitors are investing in that keyword or what kind of content they're making around that keyword. And building your own strategy around keywords is probably the most important thing. Uh, whenever I am doing something new, whenever I'm looking or researching into something, I, that is where I always start is keywords. What, what is already there in the internet on this keyword? If there's nothing on the internet on this keyword right now, how do I make something? And if there is already a lot of content, how can I make it better? Or how can I make it different? Or how can I make it more relevant and local to the needs of the people in India or to the needs of the people where my customer is? So you mentioned something about if there is no content on the internet for that particular keyword, how can I go out and create this? But I'm assuming there's a step involved somewhere where you figure out if that keyword is even relevant for your industry. How do you go about doing that? How do you figure out if that keyword is something that people are searching for and looking for? So one exercise that we have done internally is that we have created what we call buyer personas, where we figure out who are the kind of people that are buying our products. And we use these buyer personas to basically concentrate constantly realign our website and the kind of content that we create. So for example, we have buyer personas for different parts of the world as, as well. So in India, we look at what kind of buyer persona we have. In India, our buyers are usually purchase managers from large corporations large contracting companies. So I think I try to think at least from their perspective is that okay, how is this person who is a purchase manager at this company going to search for this product? They're probably going to use these kind of keywords. And uh, then I search for that, those keywords with obviously I know how my company is run and I know how what my products are and how my products are used. Obviously, there has to be high level of knowledge about the products and about the company. And using these kind of steps, I will use tools such as Ubersuggest and there are some other tools as well that can be used, but I really enjoy Ubersuggest where we can then see that there's a gap in the market for content or there is content but it is more focused towards maybe American consumers. But instead, we need to make something for our domestic consumers. We need to make something for the Indian purchase manager and what he is looking for. So these buyer personas is one thing that we have created that has helped us a lot in kind of framing our own internal questions as to how should we frame our content and towards whom should we frame our content. It's so fascinating for me. I think content marketing in the B2C world has taken off. It's it's all the rage and everybody is doing it. But in the B2B industrial product segment, I don't think it's leveraged enough. And I was researching about this. I think 90% 90, 90 of the researchers or buyers today use internet search at some point in their buying process. And another study suggested that 71% actually start the buying process online, right? And as a B2B manufacturer, if you have no online persona, except from maybe, you know, Trade India and, and India Mart and other global global marketplaces, which is where, which is, I think, the base minimum that everybody is on. It's like the, the online exhibition sort of uh, relevance, right? So everybody is on there. So you need to go above and beyond to differentiate. And content is such a beautiful thing to do it because you're not actively selling anything, right? Uh, I think humans, psychologically, we get turned off when, when somebody is pushing very hard to sell something. 
versus content is really helping them through that journey, helping them understand the different products, helping them understand what kind of technicalities are there in the different products and how do you go about making that buyer journey. And if you can give that kind of content in return, what you get is is the trust, the credibility that comes from it. And and also the fact that at some point in that journey, if you can figure out how to capture their email address, there's a marketing campaign that you can design right around that. But you know what, Siddharth, while it is fantastic to create content, it is extremely difficult as well. Um, 100%. Because writing content, creating content, first of all, let's talk about writing content uh, because that is the easiest thing that anybody can do. Writing content takes time. It takes it takes you have to really think about it you have to think about what you're writing and a lot of times maybe people might not have the time or people not have the inclination to write that itself is difficult and then it is only once you write the content can you then make a youtube video out of it it is an important journey but i would say it's not an easy one and so therefore it it comes down to prioritizing what are those important products and what are the important content that needs to be made how do i prioritize my products that okay for this quarter or maybe for this year i want to really focus on this one product i'm going to focus heavily on creating the content for this product get this product done well and then i will move on to the next one makes sense i couldn't agree with you more right the writing itself especially for an audience and making it impactful for them is not an easy task it takes some sort of knack for writing also not just understanding the products enough and well it takes some sort of knack for writing which is where i think i would want to understand from you how do you do it i have some thoughts on how a lot of manufacturers in india could potentially so do our, it. our marketing team is also quite small at the moment uh, for a long time it was just me and around november of last year we added one more member to our marketing or digital marketing team at least at the moment and for a long time i basically write the content by myself and i basically take at least one or two hours maybe sometimes more sometimes less out of the week specifically only to write content because of how I, because i view it as so important to the long term success of our digital marketing efforts my current focus is also to try to get freelancers to help me write the content what i've also tried more specifically to get technical freelancers, which means people with engineering backgrounds. Because obviously for a, a technical B2B product, we kind of need more technical writers. And what I've also tried to do is to get some of my engineers to maybe not write it fully, but at least write down the outline, write down the formulae, get all of that technical information down, and then I can at least structure it after that. That, that also helps quite a bit because uh, I am not somebody with a technical background per se. Having the, at least the equations down, having all the technical sentences down helps me quite a bit. And it, it reduces my time writing this content quite a bit. Yeah, I think, I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And I say this not because I completely understand the technicalities of it, but when I look at content marketing that, that a company is doing, I look for consistency, right? And I think if the consistency is there, you know they're up to something. And when I see your blog, when I see your LinkedIn, it's there's consistency in terms of the articles that are being posted. And these are not just, you know, one or two liners about a post. It's just detailed, detailed sort of blogs on, on your products, on the technicalities of your products um, that's being posted. And I think that's where a lot of people who are doing content marketing need to focus is there needs to be consistency. You can't just post one article today and then come back four months later, post another article and hope that the SEO and the content marketing is going to give you results. So that's what all the articles online talk about as well is consistency. If you're not consistent, uh, Google will forget about you. 
you need to be constantly yeah. every week and it's not about just posting every week it's also about uh, updating your old articles so updating your old articles is also quite important and this is actually somewhere i think we've failed on the youtube side of things is because youtube for youtube videos it take the production time is quite a bit and consistently churning out youtube videos is not an easy task and therefore you will see that we don't we might have quite a bit on the views side but we don't really have much on the uh, subscriber side because we're not able to right. consistently produce those videos on the video side it's not easy to be consistent but on the article side on the writing side it is much easier to be consistent but it is something that you have to dedicate yourself to it's not something you can do one and done it's something you have to do constantly and with how easy it's gotten to and i use the word easy very loosely i'm sure it's still difficult to figure out technical writers and freelancers but there's so many platforms like linkedin and other you know platforms where you can get content writers and maybe technical content writers too that that's an area that entrepreneurs can also sort of explore where they are overlooking maybe two three free freelancers who are creating this content and then as you said tying it up all together and and putting in your final touch before you post it out there that's a strategy that a lot of entrepreneurs could potentially use so it's funny that you specifically mentioned that because that's literally what we did about two weeks ago is we put a linkedin post saying that we're we're looking for technical content writers and we got quite a bit of response uh, i think we got something like 15 people who contacted us to be technical content writers So yeah all all of these all of these things kind of tie back together and you know hopefully it it we're building a foundation and that we're building a foundation to you know get to higher heights obviously bigger heights makes sense makes sense have you explored gated content content where you can potentially you know get some details from the customer which which happens a lot in the b2b saas world there's just a lot of gated content i haven't seen the same in the manufacturing world have you explored that so the only gated content we really have on our website are catalogs where people need to give us their email address and their phone numbers in order to download our catalogs because we obviously want lead generation and honestly where we are going long term with it is uh, where you getting these email addresses from our blogs and from our you know our catalogs and we're using those email addresses to constantly get in touch with those customers so we are sending weekly newsletters or at least bi-weekly newsletters where we are sending them the content that we are writing or we are sending them more information about our products so that they're constantly being reminded that oh, access exists and access sells these products so it's again part of that whole brand building exercise there's kind of like a flow where somebody might see us first on youtube or somebody might first see us on google then they give us a give us their email address and then we use that email address to constantly contact them not in a annoying way but maybe a weekly or bi-weekly email where we are sending them useful information and because they're seeing that useful information hopefully then they want to buy from us or at least they give us an inquiry I completely agree I was just going to get to that right the email marketing campaigns and newsletters and I wanted to understand if you guys are doing it now that I know that you guys are doing it I'm with you on the fact that there's a thin line between it being called a spam you know if you're consistently sending them emails but what you said stood out for me is it's not salesy it's not it's not saying hey come buy this product it's about information that is relevant to them that is relevant to the industry that they that they're in right now right and what it does is if done right it enhances the trust and credibility significantly keeps your brand top of their mind whenever they're making a purchase decision or maybe even referring other customers to to go buy these products. Yeah, definitely. We try not to be spammy, but uh one thing we are also constantly trying with these email uh, lists is we're trying to experiment and see 
what kind of email elicits the best responses. Um, and we're trying to learn from, you know, seeing what people are doing online and trying to constantly uh, innovate. Because I think with this kind of digital marketing, you have the chance to innovate constantly and try new things. Where with an, an exhibitions, it's kind of one and done. And then the next time you can yeah. innovate is the next time the exhibition happens. But with these kind of digital marketing kind of perspectives, you can innovate much more often. I think that's the beauty of the digital world, right? You can A-B test so quickly, you can iterate so quickly, something that you potentially can't do at an exhibition, right? If you if you learn something at a particular exhibition, you might have to wait two years to go to the same exhibition to try that new experiment out, which is where digital the digital world is so so amazing, where you can iterate so quickly. Even even on the in the exhibition spaces, we we experiment quite a bit with, for example, this year. At the exhibition stall, we had a mug printing corner where if there's a customer who we think is very important, we will take a picture of them and we'll get a mug printed which has our logo on it and which has their a picture of them on it as well. So first of all, they have to wait for about 10 minutes for it to get printed. So it forces them to have a longer conversation with us. And secondly, they take their mug, that mug with them back to their office. And they're constantly drinking tea from it and they're constantly looking at their face, but they're also constantly looking at our logo. So you can definitely experiment even on the, in the, in the non-digital space, uh, but it's just that you can't innovate as often. You're going to have to wait quite a bit of time. 100%. Now that you bring out exhibitions, right? I think one of the, one of the topics that a lot of people talk about is the integration of marketing, the offline to online integration. And I think exhibitions is where you capture a lot of leads. What do you do with those leads after that? What kind of, are you doing any sort of email campaigns, online email marketing with these guys? How do you, how do you nurture these leads? How do you keep them warm? So the very first thing that happens once we meet these people at the exhibition is as soon as we are back in the office, uh, we obviously digitalize it. Even while we are at the exhibition space, we are constantly scanning the cards and we are constantly digitalizing those contacts to make sure that we don't lose any single contact and the notes that go with the contacts. Once that is done, then we obviously then we export it uh, into Excel or whatever other format. We upload it to our email marketing uh, service and then we start send, we send all of them a thank you email. That thank you for coming to the exhibition and then based on what product that they were interested in, we start sending them regular emails on that, okay, this is the product that you were interested in and these are the services that we offer for that product and these is, this is the content that we have on this product and then maybe a little bit more down the road then we start with our usual weekly or bi-weekly newsletter that we send again they never forget about us that is the ideal scenario sometimes some people uh, fall through the cracks but uh, that is the ideal scenario the ideal scenario is also that we differentiate our customers by their customer segment where different customer segments get different emails somebody who has already bought from me I send them more, not so many salesy emails. I just send them, you know, like, oh, thanks for being a part of our family. Thanks for buying from us, etc., etc. While somebody who's never bought from us, I will send them more salesy emails or maybe I'll send them discounts or something like that. And, you know, the people who are really good at these are e-commerce companies. While our segmentation is not so good, that is something that we want to get better at. Have you automated this email marketing? That is again something that we're working on. I, I want to work on something called a welcome series where as soon as somebody is added to our email list, then uh, there is a series of emails that is just sent bang, bang, bang without us having to do anything. So let's say I have, I have a welcome series that's maybe 12 emails long and it sends every two weeks. 
then for 24 weeks that that customer is getting regular emails i don't have to worry about it i don't have to think about it and uh, for for a half a year i have content that is being sent that customer is being slowly nurtured is constantly being reminded and then maybe after 6 months then they think okay i might want to place an order with them i just want to summarize for our audience right so far what we've discussed is Axis was traditionally, you know, like all manufacturers, a very outbound sort of marketing company where you were going to trade shows and exhibitions and and putting your products out there and trying to trying to win customers there. In the last three four years, you've gone down that digital route, and it it was an interesting journey that started out from a root cause root cause analysis of a product that. that didn't work as expected that went took you down the youtube video journey and then the linkedin linkedin thing happened and now you're doing a lot of content marketing so from from the looks of it you you know you figured out content marketing you fig you you're consistently figuring out seo and how to get more inbound interest generated and now you're you know you're figuring out email marketing what's next uh, we're kind of looking at more how to be generate that kind of lead generating content So there are a couple of things that we are working on uh, simultaneously. Uh, for example, I'm currently building a hundred-page document that is looking into one of our specific product groups and how customers can use that product group, and you know, really going into detail about that particular product group and going into so that people give us their email addresses, people give us their contacts, so they can they can learn much more about that particular product group. I also got a computer, couple of computer science. interns and so these interns are helping me with some other lead generation kind of things that we're building on our website and then on top of that uh, a much bigger project is I'm building some software that I'm going to be handing out to customers for free or at least very less cost again this is again for lead generation my my whole purpose is generating as many leads as possible through our website and through our digital marketing kind of efforts I have I have so many questions the 100 page book who's writing that what's in it that's that's a perfect gated content example right because if it's relevant and if it's to the to to a particular pain point it can generate so much buzz for for access and the kind of leads that you can potentially get out of it would be fantastic so take me deeper into what is that i noticed that some of our international competitors had these kind of documents that went into a lot of detail about one of our product groups and i realized that in the indian context there's nobody who has this kind of content and it would ha- add a lot of value to the indian consumer and not just the indian consumer but also some other regions uh, so i decided that okay why don't i start going down that journey see how much time it takes me and i'm i'm doing this myself i'm using the help of my technical team but obviously i'm leading the writing part of it i'm i'm hoping to generate a lot of leads through this content that i'm making through this you know gated content as you call it fantastic i'm going to be the first person to sign up i'm not going to be a relevant lead for you but i would love to understand what is this 100 page book about because this is so fascinating for me not because this hasn't happened before but because a b2b manufacturer with a highly technical product this is not the normal route a lot of lot of people end up taking right So Sahil I think it was great understanding how Axis is looking at how you and Axis are looking at digital marketing and what that can potentially help your organization in if I were to summarize we've obviously talked about the different different mediums to to put out content and to build your lead funnel but I think what digital marketing is giving people the ability to do is develop trust 
on a continuous basis rather than on a one and done basis like an exhibition helps attract talent and at some point it can be a big channel for client acquisition that might not happen on day one but over a period of time i think as you said with the gated com- content that you're going to put out the software that you're going to put out you're going to potentially get a lot of leads that will eventually convert client acquisition from digital marketing over a period of time can be a significant addition to the other marketing efforts that you're doing so that's something that manufacturers or entrepreneurs should look at it's 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 a topic that's not that's not focused on so much thank you so much for being candid about the strategy that axis is following for digital marketing i think it'll help a lot of people who are listening and who are running their own businesses to implement some of these strategies and and learn and execute some of these things once again thank you so much for spending time with us sahil well thanks for having me sadant it was a great talking to you today